Welcome to the Talent Brand Podcast by Talent Brand Alliance. My name is Will Staney. I'm CEO at Proactive Talent and co-founder of the Talent Brand Alliance with my fellow co-founder, Brian Cheney. Hey there, this is Brian, Director of Employer Brand at Indeed and co-founder of the Talent Brand Alliance. Now, the Talent Brand Alliance is a community for recruitment marketing and employer branding professionals who want to connect with and learn from their peers both online and offline. We're here to talk and learn about all things recruitment marketing, talent brand building, and talent brand technology with the employee experience storytellers that do this every day. You ready? Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to the Talent Brand Podcast. Today, we have Carrie Corbin. She is the Director of Talent Attraction and Employer Brand at Dell. That's an Austin hometown. Woo! tech company that uh, we love and know. Carrie, I just want to welcome you to the show. We're so happy to have you, not just here, not just here today, but also um, facilitating at the summit. Uh, and also love that you're now a more frequent visitor of our hometown. Welcome, mm-hmm. Carrie. Welcome. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Don't, don't get too excited. I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, Settle, simmer down. I mean, I know it's, <laughs> it's a huge pleasure to be on a podcast with me and Brian mm-hmm. when you I've seen us uh, probably too many times in your career. No, it's actually been really awesome seeing you uh, it, it grow with every uh, company you go to and, and watching your, your career blossom over the years and really excited to see you as part of Dell. And for our listeners here to learn more about you and, and your journey, tell us about yourself. So I've been with Dell since August and took over the uh, employer brand organization for Dell, which was started and made into an amazing team by the one and only Jennifer Newbill, which a lot of people. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're, we're fans. Have had her on the show. Yes. So, um, you know, I'm fortunate that I've got a a global team. So we are literally in, in every region and in several countries and which is why I might not have been as enthusiastic. My first call started at seven this morning. Oh man. Um, I I can appreciate (laughs) that. Yeah, no, but, um, you know, I've, I've got a got a good team and um, have a fun job because one of the things that we're doing with this role is expanding it to include the talent attraction and recruitment marketing piece and ensuring that we are also pulling in the internal employer brand elements. So previously, it's been much more of a external focused around, you know, just managing that external perception largely through social media. And um, so in a very short amount of time, we've actually made a lot of progress and and scoping out and expanding, expanding the roles. And my team is learning a lot and and I haven't run any of them off yet. So that's good. Well, so let me ask you, you said, you said you're expanding. Does it, are you adding new functionality or did you, are you kind of taking places where that existed elsewhere in the org and pulling it under the employer brand umbrella? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All of the things. Um, yeah, so it's um, it's been. I think Dell was in a unique place, kind of like we were when I was at AT and T. You know, many years ago, Jennifer started this function so early that you know we were some of the you know like like you guys, right? Early early adopters to this function, and when you, but when you start and start with one thing and stay with it for so long, um, you know there is an evolution that happens, and that's been one of the benefits of the transitions that I've made is, you know, you gain certain pieces, bits and pieces of different experiences along the way. And 
So um, even though our, our team sits within a, a COE function, a center of excellence, it's mm -hmm. um, a lot of it has still been somewhat decentralized. So um, in what has resulted of that is, you know, there's not as much efficiency there. So we're really building it out so that each person on my team is really that strategic advisor, SME for all things talent attraction and not simply focusing on just the brand piece that, that really, you know, that what's that whole ecosystem of the candidate journey from, you know, the, their first, you know, impression of us to the point that they come on, you know, go through our entire application process. That's cool. Let's talk a little bit about you, Jamie. So you, you were telling me earlier, you have a pretty, pretty sizable team, although Dell is a very sizable company. Um, and it, it seems like they are the, those SMEs in each of the regions. What regions and, and where all of your team live and, 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 um, and what do they, they focus? do? Yeah. What, yeah. What, what's yeah. the focus? Yeah. Cause there's, I mean, I have, I have a team uh, as well, but like it's the challenge is figuring out who does what, how do they work together? Yeah, I'm always excited to see like, what's the, how are the different, how are different EV teams structured? Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So uh, several of them have a very similar role in that they are, you know, that SME for their region. So um, I have, um, I have one one person for North America, which is where our, our highest volume is. I have one person for Latin America and Panama, and I have, um, but then I also have one person for most of Asia Pacific, APJ, but then because of the nuances of that region, we've now added um, a person for Greater China, and then we added a person for Tokyo, and then we have one person for India, and um, and then I also have one lead for EMEA, and then I have a one person that is focusing more on like diversity and and university relations and recent grads for EMEA also. So really, kind of a they're a team, right? But um, more ones just taking more of the specialist if I'm going to focus on these core areas because one person for me being such a big region and trying to do all of that has just proven to be pretty exhaustive. Well, yeah, um, even with all the languages, right? So right. there's, there's, and, and I know like y'all are in way more uh, countries than I can count. Um, but but when you when you look at the language complexity there, you like how many different languages do the people on your team speak? Um, I have quite a few. Um, so I have one person in um, Slovakia, and I think she speaks three or four languages. And then I have one person in Amsterdam who speaks um, two or three, I think. And then, um, yeah, most of my, most of my people are are bilingual at least. Um, and then I have, but I also have a digital, I have a digital specialist person on my team that's also in Panama. So she's now learning Portuguese. So she just decided now to learn it. So she's already, you know, bilingual. So she will soon be trilingual. Um, That's impressive. Yeah. And then That's I've got cool. a, I have one or two other people. I have a global project manager and then I have a, a rotation, somebody that rotates through our leadership development program on my team. That's great. Within your team, do you have, do you have creatives like content producers, people like that? Or are the people, the same people that are sort of building the localized strategy are also Doing People building the localized strategy all know how to use Photoshop and visual elements, and you know, and, and we have, and can create certain things. We we work with a, our in-house internal agency with within um, 
Dell, and then we also have TMP Engage, but TMP really works more for our media and digital strategy. They don't do a whole lot of creative for us. Um, but the interesting thing, so that my team is not like doing the one-man dog and pony show in each region, um, we've been able to engage an army of, a volunteer army more or less of recruiters as, as field support for what we're calling a brand and attraction team. So we have that um, really working well in EMEA and then in APJ. And then we also have a handful of interns in certain regions. So Latin America, we have you know a couple of interns. We have a couple for North America. So in most regions, we have some kind of additional support to make sure that my, my team isn't, you know, just truly out there by themselves on an island trying to do all of this. I love that. It's like, it's like you've got the employer brand reserves, right? So they're not, they're not, they're not, uh, you know, not prime time tour of duty, uh, but they're there when you need them. Yeah. The challenge though, like we have, um, we had some really good interns in Latin America and we had one guy that um, was producing some amazing video content. So naturally he got hired into Dell, but not on our team. Oh. So, you know, and, you know, Latin America is one of our smaller markets, so it doesn't have as much budget. And then there's an expectation now that all this video content that's regionalized and local has been being generated out of there that we don't necessarily have that capability there. Yeah. So the thing about interns is that they're yeah. not, they're not, they're only for a short period of time. I remember we, we did a big internship push when I was at, at VMware to, to grab video content. So it was like this, instant infusion and then it was like oh they're gone oh mm-hmm. we miss you interns um yeah <laughs> well awesome so that's a challenge but tell us what are what are some of the the big challenges that you're doing now that you're really kind of fully ramped up there at dell and and and, and leading this team and, and kind of taking it and making it your own like what, what are some of the big challenges that get you excited right now so um we, again, I think because some of the things we had done them for so long that, mm-hmm. you know, it's do you, you don't, you don't always stop and reevaluate, is this still the right strategy for us? So I think that's been the nice thing about me being able to come in is that I'm coming in with a fresh set of eyes to be able to say, is this the right thing, you know, for us now compared to when it was built, you know, eight or 10 years ago. Um, so we are, you know, reevaluating our EBP and actually looking at taking more of that inside out approach to our brand strategy. Um, and then with the expansion to the talent attraction and that recruitment marketing media space, you know, it's, it's really pushing my team to step outside of their comfort zone. And, and a lot of my team actually came in, into the role as, you know, former marketers or, or, um, agency folks, and they may not have had a recruiting background. So, um, you know, when we start talking about recruitment media, it's a whole different beast. And then, you know, then what you think about from a consumer perspective. And uh, so stretching everybody there, um, you know, is, is a big part of that. And, and while also trying to pivot for them to still be in that strategic advisor role, um, you know, those are some pretty big changes that are all so you know happening and so from a low-hanging fruit perspective if you will that, that was actually easier to start there and just immediately start expanding their responsibility and scope and education and then we've we have the longer term you know over the next year we'll be looking at um really digging into the EVP and the employer brand identity piece and you know that one of the interesting things with my journey is that most of the large companies i've been with i've come in post-merger 
And so there tends to be this, you know, there's this opportunity to rethink who are we as an employer, right? When you're, when you're marrying cultures and, um, with, so Dell and EMC being the biggest, you know, in the last couple of years of yeah. the different companies that Dell has acquired, mm-hmm. um, you know, we really are in a good place as we've built out, okay, what is our, what is our culture code? What's our people philosophy? What are these different elements internally that, um, the, the timing is actually perfect where we can, where we can pull it all together and tie it off to really say, okay, this is who we are. And like unified with all these brands. Right. Yeah. And you know, cause we've got a lot of messaging and we've got a lot of great messaging, a lot of great marketing messages and we've got, but, but there's still some inconsistency there. And so that's that opportunity to then, you know, just step back and go, okay, this is the time that we need to go ahead and yeah. look at, look into it a little bit deeper. Yeah. And speaking of that, I'm kind of interested, you know, cause I, I started my career at, at VMware, right. Building VMware's employer brand. Like how, how do y'all work together? How are you bringing it? Well, so they they fit into the category of one of our strategically aligned businesses, right? So the the umbrella of Dell Technologies, and that's, again, part of this whole merger dynamic, right? And that figuring out who we are again. Um, Some of those companies have actually been purchased by Michael Dell, but weren't necessarily purchased under a parent company of Dell. And so it's created a little bit of confusion in the market around okay, well, are they Dell or are they not, right? And so we've got, so like we also have Boomi um, and Boomi, Pivotal, SecureWorks, Virtual Screen, RSA. Some of those are, I mean, those are well, some of those are well-known brands of their own, right? Right, right. So we're in in all of these different markets and and all of their content is like, we actually have now, we actually now have one secondary career site that pulls all of their jobs together. So that way somebody can see and if they want to go check out the the individually branded content, they can do that. But but we also pull all of their jobs into our site. Um, but as far as how we work together, that's I'm still trying to figure that out a little bit. Yeah. But um, you know, I we do have a matrix, right, to be able to say well which one is completely their own entity and which mm-hmm. one is up under the Dell umbrella. Um, but we do have a lot of op- opportunities to have conversations just from a benchmarking perspective and a branding perspective and. Um, I actually talked to Price last week and I'm talking to her again next week. And, um, you know, so we do touch, we do some check-ins every once in a while and, yeah. and they, but there's some good stories there too. They, well, they've got some cool technology that Dell doesn't even have. So I'm, yeah. I'm actually reaching out to Price next week to have a conversation about some of the tech that she has. That's cool. Yeah. I, and cause it, I bet it's, there's some interesting employee stories too, where some of these, these companies converge and come together right uh, mm-hmm. uh it, where you know Dell might be doing one part of the the tech stack for a, a company and then vmware on the other and and there's some some good cross-functional stories where you can really highlight the, the that sort of that family coming the family companies coming together but it's, it's it's an interesting challenge and it's one that i see a lot as a, as, as an employee brand consultant working with a lot of different companies a lot of times uh, there's companies that come to me and and that's the the biggest EB challenge that they have is that oh wow we you know we we've gone through a lot of M and A and now we have all these some brands and how do we kind of bring them together and so it's 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 interesting to see that in the wild and to see you know internal practitioners facing that same challenge and and it's mm-hmm. interesting how that how you all kind of work well, in that way you know and we have two interesting challenges we've got um, one I think I mentioned you know, before we actually jumped on the call right it's that. Um, a lot of people still think of Dell as a laptop company, you know, or a manufacturer. 
And because of all of the different acquisitions, we do now have such a robust tech stack that you know, we are rivaling, if not exceeding, some of our competitors and the, you know, the services that we can offer, and a lot of which are B2B and very different than the B2C market. And that impacts what our brand looks like in some of our countries too, because there are certain places where those consumers in that market may never see our laptops and they may, may, they may never experience us from a B2C perspective. So they may not know us as well. Um, That's and yeah, so, so there's that piece. So we, we've got to do, um, you know, we've, we've got a challenge now to be able to tell the broader story of who Dell is when we talk about the employer brand, right? When we think about just what are our full capability set of our products and services. Yeah. We interrupt this podcast with a special message. Who inspires you in the talent brand space? We're always looking for new guests on the Talent Brand Podcast. If that's you, or you know someone who has an interesting story of how they started on the talent brand path, we want to hear about it. Please reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, or email us at info at talentbrand.org. And don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast goodness. And now back to the show. Been doing since then. It's been very interesting. So I'm curious when when you think about those things, you've worked with some really big brands. Yeah, and I know like you're you say you you, you join typically in the M and A process, probably towards the end of the M and A process or after mm-hmm. it. Um, what do you what do you prefer? Because when you're talking about an ex, an existing brand, an established set of expectations, you have to overcome that um, versus versus setting someone's uh, opinion from scratch, like, have you, what do you prefer? Yeah, you're like a brand consolidation expert. Like, like you've probably gone through this a lot. Like, <laughs> you know, the, the interesting thing though, is coming into this role has been very different because the employer brand function was our, our already established. So in every other role, I've still been the one creating it. Um, so, you know, the nice thing about at and is we were creating it before we knew there was a word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we knew that Singular and at and coming together were such different worlds, even though they originated from the same space, right? But one was mobile and one was landline. Um, one was sexy and moving fast and one not so much, <laughs> you know, so it really was like a clash of cultures. Um, and, you know, the, the exciting thing for me in that, though, was when you get to almost blow up an identity for an employer and start over, um, you know, that was awesome. But, but, you know, but I, that's where I sometimes will make that line about the difference, though, between recruitment marketing and employer branding, because we were doing recruitment marketing. We weren't taking, you know, anything truly from the inside out, but, you know, in, in what I, you know, what I think is now should be the traditional approach, right? But we still were using, even back then, employee testimonials, employee images, employee videos, and this was, you know, 2007, eight, nine, um, you know, but we also understood the brand challenge similar to what, you know, the GE example is one of my favorites, because when we thought about AT&T and American Airlines too, people only think of a lot of times what are the customer facing roles or tend to what define that company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so AT&T became much more of a tech company also. And, but yet people thought of the old landline phone company. That's right. And so when you're trying to recruit tech talent and you have 300,000 employees and people still think of you as phone lines, there's a challenge there. And so we were very deliberate with our, you know, with really building that, that brand identity and building a creative theme and, 
then we had to do that through the recession, you know, and, um, and so we, we actually had a really good campaign name that it was our internal name for it, right, but it was Tradigital because we wanted to showcase the tradition and the stability of a company while we knew people were getting laid off all the time, um, but that we also had that more digital approach, and we used that theme to really drive a lot of the creative elements that we built. Yeah, Dell is really interesting. And, and, you know, just because there's such a big presence here in Austin, you know, I feel like we've all kind of grown up with, with that, with that company, but, you know, they were really cutting edge in the use of, of, of leveraging social and business, you know, of, of like getting employees on social and utilizing mm-hmm. social in the selling process, and, getting them certified in order to do that, like all the training and yeah. the, the I felt like when I was starting out, a lot of the, a lot of the case studies of like the first social media, you know, um, uh, policies being corporate policies, like Dell was out in the front on some of that. And I'm going to confess, I'm going to confess something. What? Uh, so back when I, back when I first had my first corporate job, uh, managing social for recruiting, um, we were looking, I was good friends with the corporate social person at the company. And, uh, and, and she was like, Oh my gosh, we're trying to set the social policy and how do we do it? And I was like, Hmm, let me see. And I found Dell's social media policy on online. And, and we went through, I was like, I was like, we're using this. We're starting this. We're pulling out what doesn't work. We're adding new off. stuff. I totally ripped it off, which is, which is like in the spirit of that's of just sharing. being efficient, Brian. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep telling myself that. No, but I think we were really on a really good topic here because um, it, it, I feel like almost any business that's been around a while are all going through these perception changes, digital mm-hmm. and, and technology and, and just our economy and everything, how it's, it's changing so fast that companies are really having to pivot and almost reintroduce themselves and almost reinvent themselves in new ways. And then also because of these expectations that you know, a new generation of workforce is coming in have on an employment experience, but also on the experience of what it's like to, uh, to get a job somewhere is changing some of these habits that other companies have too is that is that a thing that you're seeing carrie as well you've been at companies who are are, i think really iconic and have been around a long time and and during times of this transformation do you think that's going to keep going or yeah honestly it's surprising to me that oh gosh i went to at&t in 2007 so i've been in hr for longer than that but just even being in this space since 2007 right so the fact that it's 2019 and we're still having some of the same conversations with employers that i had in 2007 um you know that's that's where i it makes me scratch my head a little bit and say what where are we missing the boat and what can we do differently Mm -hmm. um or you know, are we just blowing a bunch of hot air, which I know we're not. I'm just, you know. Um, how do you tell the story and how do you communicate it in a way that makes sense so that people understand it? It becomes expected. It becomes the standard. Um, my, I'm, I'm curious because I'm, I know you, you've had a, you've had a, a really uh, powerful and, and interesting career history. Um, and, and you also differentiated recruitment marketing from employer brand. So when you think about that path, what was, what was that moment for you? Number one, getting into recruitment marketing, right? So how did you get into the, that space? And then like, how did you think about it? Um, so it's a twofer, uh, but also I'll, I'll, I'll ask you first, how did you get into the talent brand space? By accident um, and being in the right place at the right time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, truly I had, I was doing some consulting and, and went to work at AT&T and thought I would be there for a couple of months and I was there for seven years 
Um, but, you know, Jen Terry, who is still there, is actually, you know, she tapped me on the shoulder and she spent a couple of months courting me, even though I was working there, to try to get me to come back over to the dark side. Um, the and dark side. So, yeah, because I, I thought I had escaped. Um, turns out I'm good at it, so I'm still here. Um, but she was just like, help me build this team. She's, she had the vision of the talent attraction space, right? She was super innovative in our space. She was like a Google beta tester for recruiting back in the late 90s. Like she was one of the first people doing SEO and SEM and videos. And, um, you know, I learned so, so much from her. So that opportunity presented itself and I really looked at it. It's like, okay, I, I, I really can't not do this. And that's, you know, what got my interest in it. And I knew, uh, but a little bit about marketing, right? But I had an MBA, <laughs> took some marketing classes. Um, but, uh, you know, as my career evolved, though, you know, understanding, because, and I think partly because I had an HR background, understanding organizational development, culture, and employee engagement, employee experience, all of those things are so much, those are what drive your identity, right? And, and, um, and it's how do you tell that story that's a little bit different than just putting some creative spin on a marketing story to get people's attention. Um, so that was your first question. What was your second? My second question was <clears throat> that shift, that shift from recruitment marketing to employer brand, right? So it was like, how did you get into recruitment marketing? And apparently, apparently we're all when, when on did the, the shift happen of, 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 of the more strategic side? Yeah. How did the, right. how did, how did that change take place and how did you communicate it or how was it communicated to you? Well, I think it's more me driving the communication, but it's just as more as as I learned more and more of it, right? And just in always trying to to challenge yourself to evolve. And I'm watching some of you know I'm watching our industry take take shape. I'm watching you know all of the evolution that's happening for all of us because I think some of us that were pioneers in the space, right? We're all learning this together, and we're figuring out what works and what doesn't. You know, and that's where you know my team was really I mean more for. There are a lot of things I could say we did tactics before strategy, and but as a result, we had a lot of lessons learned, and then that helped set the stage for you know that next step of evolution with it. And you know, it's one of the things that I I challenge everybody that does employer brand, but from a TA perspective, is to really think about you know how are you either touching or impacting or pulling from that employee engagement, employee experience piece. Because we talk so much about authenticity and transparency, but it's not just employee images and testimonials. You know, it's and it's what what are the things that are shaping our identity? And when you talk about culture and people, it's an, it's an always moving, always evolving thing. It's never static. Yeah. And um, like, so who, that's who, why you've got to stay reward. Yeah. You know, like, what do you reward? Right. And mm -hmm. what do you hire for? Right. Yeah. That's the other thing is the is as much as we like to think that we're in control of uh, of our our brand. Um, I th I think of it as like the icing on the cake. The cake still has to be there. It has to be good. It has to be solid to hold mm -hmm. it up. Um, and we're and we're talking about it. But um, you know, I don't know how much you how much ability you had of uh, reading or you know, kind of helping influence uh, the culture because that that's stuff that's that we don't control, right? So we get really lucky when we yeah, work I think a company with a good. Oh. Our job is to articulate the culture. Our our job is to have our thumb on the pulse of the culture yeah. and to know like what the report internal reporter report. Da, 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 da. I can't what? even yeah, uh -huh. reporters. What's I that, Clark? Reporters <laughs> telling the story of the people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I think to your questions though around you know how how do we 
how do we tell the story though to get the buy-in too, especially when you're in a position like I've been where you have to create it. And that's what's driven a lot of my passion around um, what my topic's gonna be at our at the Talent Brand Summit because it's data-driven decision-making, it's data-driven decisions, it's understanding what our business problems are that we're trying to solve for. And that's what made me, gave me a lot of my early success that I think I actually took for granted and was pretty humble about was just, I was looking at, we had business problems to solve. How do we fix them? If, if I, you know, an ATS is not set up to be a marketing tool, it's a compliance tool. Okay. Then who else can I use to get me the things that, you know, or build, or what do I need to do to, to work around and augment those shortcomings of our technology. Right. So, um, and then you look to data to support that. And it's, it's more than just the before and after correlation. It's it's really looking at what am I doing that's driving impact? And when you can do that, you can run a team the size of mine that has no responsibility for hiring and still be able to show your value because when I'm making the rest of the organization, the, the rest of the talent acquisition organization more efficient and spend, you know, and looking for those more strategic ways to spend our media dollars and our brand dollars. And I can show the impact of that engagement. You know, all of those things are what factor into, you know, validating the success of the function and why it's important. And, you know, and, and then it keeps, it also frees up the recruiters from having to worry about it. Well, and I, I think what happens when you, when you can tell a good story about the ROI and the impact, um, then magically you get approval for headcount and budget mm-hmm. for tools and all those things. And I think that's something that's really powerful that people are going to take away. But um, those are uh, a little bit larger organizations. What What do you think somebody in a in a in a little bit more scrappy uh, talent brand organization would be able to take away from from the roundtable from that discussion? That's a good question, Brian. So um, one of the things that I've been very conscious of through all the years that I have have shared some of the best practices from, you know, what our teams have done is I always get that question of, well, I don't have your budget, Carrie. You know, it was same because I have been with larger companies, but I, I always make sure that we speak to, you know, what are some of the things that you could do on a smaller scale that don't require a big budget. And I think there's a little bit of a misnomer, though, in thinking that social is something that you can do easily with no budget. Um, Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it, it takes so much time, and it still takes resources. And then to do it really well, you've still got to have budget behind it. But pay to play. And I look at mm-hmm. well, and, but you know, one of the things that I'm I actually throughout my last session was even if you're a smaller company working with a recruitment marketing agency that can help you manage even small media buys, they still make money off of that. You don't have to pay them to do that for you, but they can still advise you on the best places to go and how to be more efficient. I mean, the amount of companies that I've talked to that I can ask them, where are you spending your money and how are you tracking it? And what's, you know, what's your most successful media? And they can't answer right. There's your business problem, right? That just by partnering with an agency and putting some tracking in place, you can free up budget in order to justify the spend on other things. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to go out and spend a lot of money. Yeah. The other thing is to understand, you know, hey, go learn a little bit about Google Analytics. Go learn a little bit about Google Keywords. Look it up yourself. Go throw some money there instead of giving it to CareerBuilder or LinkedIn. If you're spending money with LinkedIn, you've got enough money to, <laughs> to build a strategy. Like, it's just that, it's that simple. Um, you know, so building a template for what does a campaign look like? What does it really mean when you say campaign? I don't think everybody gets that. 
right? So I give a structure for here's what it takes to build a recruitment marketing campaign. You've got a specific hiring need. Here are the elements that you need, and you can do this for a very low cost. You don't have to go sign a big contract with a job board for a year. That's right. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's a common question we ask companies too when we're talking to them at Park Like, what, what are you what are you doing now? Like, how, are you measuring anything right now? No. Well, you've got the infrastructure. We can we can give give you the data. It's a simple mm-hmm. little line of code. Let's pretend uh, you are talking to yourself when you were first starting out in this industry. What advice would you have given yourself, assuming you have a time machine and can travel back? Mm-hmm. You don't know as much as you think you know. Oh, that's a good one. And you know, there is there is wisdom and and experience. And I I remember particularly early just in my HR career. Um, I thought I knew a lot more than what I really did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, with that knowledge came confidence and that confidence is probably what propelled me to early career success. But I don't know that that would, you know, I think there's probably still a different way I could have gone about that. Right. It worked out thankfully, but yeah. I look back and think, man, you were naive. I can identify because in, in, when you're younger and earlier in your career too, you it's you have confidence, but you don't have experience, and so it it it, it actually becomes just sort of like cockiness. And then and what I realized is that as I got more experience in, in my career too, that it, I had confidence, but that confidence became a, a lot less cocky, and it, it's more of a humbling experience. That's uh, yeah, really good. Advice. I will say though, as a woman too, though, going through my career and especially making the change at AT AT&T, I was almost, I actually got to a point though of being a little too humble. Um, And and so that still being naive was still there um, because when I look back at all of the things that we did early on in AT&T, we were so innovative so early and I was driving a lot of that and didn't I just assumed everybody else was doing the same stuff that I was. I didn't realize that, you know, in some cases we were 10 years ahead of other companies. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, so when people would ask me, I'd be like, eh, you know, things. The normal stuff. Yeah. So, you know, and so and I said, the reason I say being a woman with that is because sometimes we aren't always, we aren't always the best at being our, our own advocate or our own cheerleader and, celebrating our own successes and making sure that people know what our accomplishments are, Mm. are, you know, I, I was very guilty also of um, doing, doing a good job and feeling confident that I was doing a good job, but I wasn't necessarily telling people, you know, my superiors, here's all of the things that I accomplished and making sure that they were aware of everything I was doing. Yeah. And yeah, and that's something I really love about, you know, this talent brand Alliance community that we're part of here is that, you know, You've got people from various parts of the experience, you know, uh, matrix here that um, can come together and help share some of this wisdom. And I'm just, I'm really excited to have you as a facilitator at, at Talent Brand Summit next month to, to share the, the vast experience that you have with, with some of these up and comers in our industry. And uh, really thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, I'm excited to, I'm excited to be there since I didn't get to be there last year. It'll be my first time. Yeah, I know it'll be your first time. We'll get to make mm-hmm. s'mores together. Um, we can we okay. can sing Kubaya if you want, yep. but you know, we, we'll at least make some s'mores and, and have a good time and share some knowledge. Thanks, okay. Carrie. Thanks, guys. Get some sleep, huh?
waking up at 7 a.m. meetings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Congratulations on making it this far into the podcast. Maybe you're asleep. Maybe you're driving. Let's hope you're not doing both of those things. Regardless, join us March 26th through 28th in Austin, Texas for the Talent Brand Summit 2019. The Talent Brand Summit is a two-day experiential workshop designed to pioneer the next level of employer branding and more specifically, your own talent brand strategy. Leverage your peers as you spend two intense days building your talent brand strategy and deepening your professional relationships in this growing field as we open our playbooks and share what's working and what's not in talent branding. You'll lead the summit with Tomahawk and Archery Skills, a network of talent brand peers and mentors, along with a tangible framework to usher your own program into the future. This event is exclusively for talent acquisition leaders and employer branding and recruitment marketing practitioners. Does this sound like you? Go to talentbrand.org summit to request access to purchase your ticket today.